Welcome to the Knox Soccer Podcast, where we tell the stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale. And I am Brian Canever. Today on the pod, we are talking to Drew McKenna and Mark McComas, two of the owners of One Knoxville SC, on how they got this thing started, specifically how they named and branded this club that we are all growing to love. So crack open your favorite beer, slip on your favorite jersey, and get ready for the feast of football for your ears. Brian, how are we starting this one? I don't want to brag, Patty, but I did some warrior poses this morning, a couple of pigeon stretches, so I'm feeling loose. I think I'm going to hit a bicycle kick this morning to get things started. This is Knox Soccer Podcast! Just a quick note, this conversation took place back in July of last year. Before any of the signings or coach or the crest, it was just the name. So go back in time with us and enjoy. Let's get to it. Drew and Mark, can I just have you one at a time? Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Drew McKenna, partner at One Knoxville Sporting Club. Mark McComas, and I'm a co-founder at Pedal Innovation and a partner at One Knoxville Sporting Club. Awesome. At what point during the, the process of forming the club did you start thinking about what the name would be? From the outset of of, of forming the club, we were always focused on community support and in, in, in defining everything we do. Uh, obviously, the, the, the name, uh, the visit ID, uh, the brand altogether is an easy one in, in front of mine and, and part of the, the beginning of the process, but it's not, it's not the last place where we'll ask for uh, community involvement. So, so from the outset, we knew we wanted this to be a kind of a grassroots ground up club. Uh, that's where we think lower level soccer uh, is kind of uh, predisposed to, to do its best. We think there's lower level soccer clubs across the U.S. that are, are, are better at building community because they do things this way. Uh, even better than some MLS clubs. So, so we always wanted to have this be a, a community process. Uh, and that's always been been part of the the thinking from the very beginning. Starting with a with a blank sheet of paper is always intimidating. Um, we knew we wanted to do the community input just to just to narrow the universe down so that uh, you know any cool name wasn't a good name. It had to be something that fit what we were hearing, what we were uncovering about Knoxville. Uh, so I think we kind of avoided those kinds of conversations before the universe went from here to here because it was just overwhelming to think about all the different options of what could be before you even really know what target you're aiming at. So I wouldn't say, I'd say we kind of would joke about like, well, we don't even have a name yet. You know, we would joke about that because, you know, it was so early on, but as, as things started to roll in through what we were uncovering in community, we kind of started easing into, Hey, what about this? Well, here's a dumb idea. You know, you get a lot of your ideas that you think might be good, but you say, this is a terrible idea, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because it might be good. You know, we started, I think, a slow roll into trying things on, you know, partway through the community interviews and stuff. Were there name options that you threw around early on? C- considering that, you know, a lot of, for a lot of us, we inherit names of sports teams or leagues. When we become a fan of a team, we, we just inherit it. it. It's been chosen for us. Um, at any point where, were you and your group considering, Hey, let's just throw these names out there. Let's maybe we lean this way. Maybe we lean that way before getting the community feedback. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, Mark's kind of like a historian, uh, uh, in Knoxville history and kind of how we got to the point we're at. Um, so I would say with that, plus some of the very earliest, uh, surveying we did, which I think was in February, uh, of 2021, um, 
it quickly became like this interesting conversation that we were having around the fact that Knoxville was not just a lot of things. It was like diametrically opposed things. It was things that were different than, than, um, uh, like the opposite of each other. Right. So a good example would be urban wilderness, right? Like it's a great term. It, it totally encapsulates what Knoxville specifically South Knoxville is, but you know, at its essence, it's a, at least a juxtaposition, if not, you know, uh, two opposing ideas at once. Uh, another one would be like, you know, clearly it's a college town. It's a great college town, but for a lot of us, it's, it's a lot more than a college town. So, so how do you bring all of that together to represent one place when, when maybe it's core feature as we thought about it was, um, you know, these juxtapositions or these opposed ideas sitting together in one place. Um, so, you know, most of our discussions have been around, you know, what we're hearing from folks, what we're learning is Knoxville is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So how could you possibly put, bring a name together that could, that could fit that in one place? Yeah, I would, I would say it wasn't that, that far in that we started developing a passion to really highlight Knoxville. And I would say, you know, we probably had that thought even before, you know, we got too far into our community interaction was a kind of a collective uh, excitement for what's happening in Knoxville. You know, I've been here uh, like 17 or 18 years and just seen metamorphosis already and know that there was some even taking place before I got here. Uh, so, uh, you know, early on, it was how do we put the attention on Knoxville? Um, and there were names, there were cool names that popped in our heads that that became a litmus test. I would say early on was that's cool, but it's, it pulls the attention and energy away from Knoxville onto that really cool plural noun. And, and so that, that kind of became, a, you know, an, an X for us as we went along the way. So a lot of the ideas were start quickly narrowed to what can we pair with Knox or Knoxville? Uh, that that represents what we're uncovering. That's ownable. That's that's exciting. That gives us room to tell a story in a brand, all while giving Knoxvillians and non-Knoxvillians an opportunity to put Knox on their chest or Knoxville on their chest in some capacity. So that became an early filter. Yeah, just to build off that, Mark made me think of two things. The first is, you know, our website with some small adjustments is the exact same as it was the day we put it up, which was February 1st. Mark built that website. You know, it lists three core principles or, or, or three core tenants. And the first one is Knoxville proud, right? Like, like we think it's important uh, in soccer in general, global soccer, but especially in American lower level soccer to really lean into to civic pride. Uh, and, and, and Mark has a lot more experience here Nadim and Scott, other partners, Kevin O'Brien have a lot more experience in, in what makes Knoxville Knoxville. But one of the things that we thought was an opportunity was uh, giving Knoxville folks agency to be proud of Knoxville, right? And giving them, like Mark said, a, a polo or a flag or a t-shirt or a hat that allows them to show that 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 civic pride because it exists, which is great. Uh, and there isn't a ton of outlets for that. So having Knoxville first and, and, and second and third was definitely a, a feature, not a bug. And the other thing I'd mention is, you know, a great name just to, to uh, bring life to what, what Mark's saying that, that we got in our first surveys was uh, the Hellbenders. And like Hellbenders is a type of salamander that exists in the Smoky Mountains. It was found by, by professors at UT. It's really unique, different, and has, you know, a, a badass name. That's a sick name for, for, for a, for a, uh, an animal. For a salamander. Plus a yeah, for a salamander. <laughs> um, 
so that's awesome. And people, and there's a, it's great storytelling. Like it's, it would have worked for a ton of reasons. And the reason we, we didn't offer that as one of our four finalists or move forward with it was because if you're the hellbenders, you're the hellbenders, you know, you're not the Knoxville hellbenders, you're just the hellbenders. And that, and that kind of, that, that, that took away from that core principle of being Knoxville first. And so th that's why, you know, a great name that could have worked in a lot of settings we didn't think worked here. So regarding the process of name selection, how did you come up with those final four names that you presented to the community, to the community, Rovers, Knoxville soccer club, one Knoxville and Ascent. And what were some of those other options like hellbenders that we didn't, that we missed out on, but that, you know, people may be curious about what else did you guys toss around? We, we, we launched a survey in February. I think we had it open for four or five weeks, got over 300 respondents. And the questions were, um, you know, uh, describe Knoxville in a few words. Uh, what makes you proud of Knoxville? What colors connote Knoxville to you? Kind of broad, broad stroke leading questions to get people just to kind of brain dump on us a little bit. Uh, and coming out of that, we spent a ton of time with it. Mark also, you know, again, Knoxville historian of sorts, has a really rich, deep history, understanding what makes Knoxville, Knoxville. And so we were lucky to have uh, that set of information. And we kind of distilled that, Mark distilled that into a, a pretty in-depth 30 or 40 slide deck, just talking about what makes Knoxville, Knoxville. We then sat down with Matt Wolf, our designer, to have that conversation. Here's everything we know. You know, what do you think mo moving forward from here? Uh, you know, he had some thoughts. We had a really, a really healthy, fun conversation for a couple of weeks about what avenues we could take. And each one of those four names kind of, you know, is, is something, you know, a little different, a different angle that we went down. Um, uh, so that they all came out of kind of conversations around those 300 survey responses, Mark's, you know, great knowledge about, about Knoxville and then Matt Wolf's, you know, we think Matt Wolf is literally best in class understanding soccer brand identities. Uh, and so using that knowledge as well. Uh, you asked specifically also about, you know, some, some club names along the way, uh, you know, we, I wouldn't say we, we definitely saw all kinds of name ideas specifically in those surveys. Um, and many of them, you know, I, I could have predicted would be, would, would hit a certain frequency like Scruffy City. Um, you know, another Spears one. Spears Pro Soccer. Say again? Ice Bears Pro Soccer. Yeah, Ice Bears, yeah, Ice Bears Pro Soccer. <laughs> the Vols, no. It's already done. Uh, it's it, all, the branding's done, man. Believe it or not, we got more. It was it was less than ten, but more than five people saying Knoxville kicks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you know the some of the some of the ones that we liked a lot, you know, uh, in the recommendations, you know, or, or we like trying on. Part of the part of the challenge in the in the research as it was developing was, boy, there's a lot of Knoxville iconic things that just don't resonate with everyone. They just resonate with some group. The mountains are that way. Scruffy is that way. The sun sphere is that way. The university is that way. I mean, you name it. And it's, it's limited or, you know, limited at best, divisive at worst. Um, and so it was, you know, we really want this team to be for, for everybody. One of the unique things about global soccer is it, it, it more often than not has somewhat of an urban nature to it. It's, it's built around, a, a, at a minimum, town centers, if not city centers. So there's this urban aspect because that's where everybody comes together, whether you're rural or whether you, you know, live downtown or whatever. And so we, it need, we wanted it to have this, this appeal. And so even though there were certain icons that I have a super fond atta attachment to, and would if it was if it was just me that the brand needed to work for, 
like for instance, the mountains, like I, I, that's one of the reasons I love this area. I'm, I'm very proud of our backdrop, our scenic backdrop, you know, and I'm also proud of the sun sphere. I'm, I'm proud of it all, you know, so, but finding out that there were things along the way that it was like, yeah, that's cool. But, you know, an, another good example was Marble City, exclusive content here. If not for our, our uh, deal maker of it had to feature Knoxville and let Knoxville touch down literally all over the world as this brand, you know, spreads. Marble City is freaking cool. I think it's so cool. Um, I, I, I recognize a lot of people are like, what the heck is that? Like maybe more than you'd think, have no idea about that reference, but it's a very easy story to tell. It's a quick story to tell uh, and it's super cool. Um, but then again, you know, that has to do with a certain type of, you know, quarrying that also has mixed opinion, you know? So even then it was, it was a little bit obscure, probably not divisive, but, but, you know, the big nail in the coffin is it doesn't feature Knoxville, but there were lots of cool stuff along the way that was like, you know, as you're, as you're trying it on, you're like, Oh, check Mark, check Mark. Oh crap. Definitely not. Here's why, you know, like that have, that's just, I've named a ton of companies in my, in my, career and that's that's what the process is like and then it's not until you know you you come up with a short list where you're like okay uh it's not all 10 out of 10 on each of our key driving parameters such as features knoxville ownable uh could get a, a critical mass around it not divisive like you have those key lenses that you're looking through and and at the end you end up with a short list that may not be scoring a perfect 10 on each of those lenses but there's no deal breakers. It's not violating anything. And at that point, out of that short list, we chose four to bring to the community because we knew any of these four accomplish all of our critical lenses as far as what, what we have a strategic vision for the club. So what did, what else did we miss out on? So we missed out on Hellbenders. You know, we missed out on Marble City. Were there other ones that uh, that, that could have been, but but never, they didn't make it into that, into that final four? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a few because they're fun. But before that, I'd say like every name that you can, yeah, you think might someone might have suggested, they they suggested right the Knoxville Sun Spheres, Scruffy City, famously by one of the co-hosts of this podcast, was strongly strongly suggested. Uh, and I just want to add one point on Scruffy City, Marble City. They're both awesome names. Um, but like when, when we're playing at USL League One, right, which is in our very near future. Um, we're playing games in Madison, Wisconsin. We're playing games in Tucson, Arizona. We're playing games in Spokane, Washington, et cetera. Like we're playing across the country from coast to coast. When we do kit unveils that are like the sweet kits that we're going to wear that we think will sell, not just coast to coast, but internationally as well. When that's all happening under the one Knoxville brand, people are going to be able to understand that that's Knoxville, it's Knoxville, Tennessee, and it's, it'll click quickly. If that's Marble City or if that's Scruffy City, connecting those dots to like the city we're proud of is a lot tougher. Uh, and so we don't want to make people work to understand how great Knoxville is. We want to kind of hit them over the head with it because that's what we believe. And that's what we want the rest of the world to understand. So uh, just working off Mark's point there, but other names, I mean, Mark, we should throw a couple at them. I'll tell you two personal favorites of mine. I always thought the name Knoxville rising was awesome. I thought that would be a great name. Obviously the sun rising over the, the, uh, the Smokies, but um, Phoenix uh, in USL championship has that kind of tied up. So that didn't work. Peak Knoxville is another one that I thought would be cool. Definitely unique in the space. Like, you know, it kind of quickly can, can become like a, a phrase as much as it is a name, but we thought it was a little bit, uh, a, a little bit too far out there. So 
uh, didn't, didn't go through either of those. What else, Mark, what comes to mind? Obviously this there's pretty you know, out there. This, Sorry, this is pretty out there as well, but it, I, I really liked it. Uh, it, and it was Knoxville revel R E V E L. I don't think we've let anyone know that we thought about that. And what was cool about it was we were looking at these juxtapositions. There's this, uh, there's this famous quote from the 1800s that Knoxville is an alternately quiet, rowdy river town. And that, that to me still is true. Alternately quiet, rowdy river town. And so revel comes from uh, like the, like a French word that means like, like rebellion, like, like debaucherous, like insanity, you know, riots in the streets. But we also use the word revel to like stand still and revel in the awe of, of the sky or the mountains. Right. So it has this dual meaning of like the insane energy of soccer, but also the beauty, the elegance of the game. And then Knoxville has those two elements as well. So like the story behind it was strong, but like it's it's just it's weird as a sports name, you know. So, but I I I will admit I I clung to that one for a solid seventy two hours. How important do you think the name One Knoxville is to the identity you hope for the club to form? Um, you know, whether it's embodying the community uh, or um, I mean, more generally than that, just when people associate the club with with the city. I mean, the Knoxville part of it is uh, is crucial. Right. This has to be something that that um, people identify with from a from a civic pride perspective. Uh, we want that to be part of the identity of the club from the start and, and only have that grow over time. You know, the one part of one Knoxville, uh, obviously, we think it's important. That's why we offered it as one of the finalists and why it ended up being the name. Uh, but it's not just the idea of unity, which is important, but it's also the idea of civic pride. Like Knoxville is uh, a great place, some, a place that we should all be proud of. And uh, you know, people have told us in feedback, well, you can't be one Knoxville because there's, you know, 15 Knoxvilles in Tennessee. And like, to me, that's why it is one Knoxville, right? Because like, of course, there's, there's other places called, Knox, called Knoxville, but this is, this is, there's only one Knoxville. This is, this is the one Knoxville that matters. Uh, and so giving people agency to, to feel civic, feel civic pride is definitely something that we always want to do. Uh, and, and something that is important to the brand. One funny phenomenon about naming for anything, whether you're naming a child or a business or a team is after, after that thing has some runway to develop an identity, it, it, it kind of fades to the background because that ethos and that texture, the brand at large becomes internalized and it, it gets a life of its own. Like, like if you really scrutinize some of the team names out there, your head would spin as to like, we call a team that, you know, like, that's so weird, but you don't think about it, you know, or like, that's their mascot, you know, it's so there's this novelty in the beginning that puts all this extra scrutiny. Um, and, and, you know, we knew it needed to pass that scrutiny. We knew it needed to stand up to that because that is what it is. It, if that's all that people have to sink their teeth into, because we don't have five seasons behind us and we don't have, a, you know, an image and scarves and smoke and flags, then, then yeah, it's going to catch all of the attention. So it needs to stand up for that. But over the long haul, we're committed to this thing evolving with the community. Like we, we, we don't have some like, um, some outcome or destination of what the brand looks like or means that we're driving towards. We have trajectories, we have values, we have some true norths, some things that we're going to be pursuing, but what that turns into as far as what it looks like and feels like on a game day and what chants are being said and 
are we particularly rowdy or, you know, probably, you know, like those things are going to emerge. And we know that one Knoxville will be a name that can handle whatever emerges. Why a sporting club instead of just soccer club? So first, like, you know, we're really going to lean into SC. We think that's what's important at the moment. The name is one Knoxville uh, and, and, and we're SC. Uh, as far as why sporting club, um, uh, you know, we don't want to cap our future. We think there's other things down the road that we could do, but, uh, at the moment we're focused on soccer. So, um, also a sporting club is a, is a really cool term that has some history that Mark should speak to, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, who knows where this goes, uh, and, and down the road, uh, you know, we'd love to be involved in other parts of Knoxville, but, but Mark should speak to the, the, the history of the sporting club. This is more like an Easter egg than something that we would really intend for people to catch uh, on the nose. But uh, so back in Prohibition, Knoxville was a pretty good spot to be. Uh, we had we had free flowing whatever we wanted down in uh, uh, at the time, you know, at different times. Old City was called Friendly Town, uh, the Bowery. Um, but at the time, you know, kind of the, the Patrick Sullivan saloon days. The third floors were our were often our speakeasies, um, and they were called speakeasies, but they were also called sporting clubs, and uh, and that was where you could go if you heard heard there was a sporting club you could go to. That meant you could go get some some booze during the prohibition era. So it's just yeah, like I said, more of an Easter egg. What excites you about the name One Knoxville moving moving forward into the the branding the you know when you get to establishing the, the team and all the next big step. What, what excites you about One Knoxville? For me, I'll, I'll say a high altitude comment first. There are multiple angles on the One Knoxville thing. And at different times, when it comes to stuff that we are we are the entity putting something out there to represent the brand, like, like I said, the community is going to define a lot of this. But from time to time, we put out a video. We put out a thing that is going to lean on one of these aspects of One Knoxville at the right time. Given, given whatever we think is, is the right message at the right time. But there's, there's multiple angles. So one of them that we have talked about is, is the uniqueness of Knoxville. Uh, there, there's only one Knoxville, um, you know, all these things in one place. It, it, there's this je ne sais quoi that once, once you're here for just a minute, it gets you and it wins. It'll, it'll get you, it'll get you deep and you'll probably stay, you know, there's only one Knoxville. The second one, is is the unifying element we did get some comments that were like i don't know if this is true of us yet and we're like exactly <laughs> it's becoming more true though and in, in my interviews in our interviews with people uh one of the insights was knoxville is disconnected as it has always been the first time in its history it really desires to be connected um that was around some like for instance uh, there's some people i was talking to out in deep west knoxville about you know some of the unrest and some of the violence in East Knoxville, and it had shifted from maybe maybe five six years ago sympathy for them to anger for my town. So like to this ownership as opposed to just like ah oh, we'll pray for them. It was like what the heck this isn't okay. What do I do right? So like those are all signals early signals of an emerging singular identity of of what it means to be Knoxvillean including all of Knoxville. That to me is very powerful, but we're going to, we, we, we don't want to take away from either the first one or the third one. Uh, one number one has a strong, you know, somewhat aggressive sports connotation and the athletic, the athletics 
aspect of being number one. No, we're not saying we're always going to be number one in the charts, but we are saying this matters a lot to us. Winning matters a lot to us. And we're going to pursue it with everything we've got. That's going to be our number one goal always is to field an incredible team that can get results. And so we know that soccer is much bigger than that, but all the bigger things that soccer can do are only accelerated by doing well there. So, so especially where we are right now, messaging hard on number two can get really loud really quickly. We more so just want to live that reality as opposed to talk about that reality. So you'll probably hear us talking more about the, the first one I mentioned and the third one I mentioned, you know, a third one's a lived one too. Um, so what gets me excited to answer your question directly is all the different ways that one Knoxville can manifest and be, and be played and, and all the different spaces that it can show up and make sense. Just the diversity of that brand to kind of become, you know, that th this is one of the hardest things to do. I didn't, I didn't think that it was going to be possible, but how do you, how do you do something that is, that is open enough for everyone to get to fill it and define it as they go, but specific enough that you're, that you didn't give them just a simple mailed in thing, you know, or a blank sheet of paper, but it's still got identity. It's still got some toothiness to it. Having both of those to me is what gets me most excited to see what happens and what other even elements beyond those three emerge. Yeah. I just add that. I mean, obviously the name one Knoxville is, is aspirational in a way. Uh, and that's on purpose. Like our club is aspirational, right? You know, we're not happy with where we're starting now from a, from a, a, a spot in the pyramid perspective. And, and we think that this club can be very meaningful over time. So we have, we have high aspirations. The name one Knoxville is aspirational for, from a community perspective. Well, like separate from all that, put the aspirations aside. We also think it's like a really fun name. Like how many songs highlight the number one in like an awesome way? Uh, I can rattle off like five or six. I'm not going to sing any of them, but I but I can rattle them off. Uh, and then like another thing, just like, you know, little teaser type of ways we're thinking about leaning into it. Like uh, we're about to bring Foam Fingers back. Foam Fingers are making a huge return into Knoxville. Uh, and just there's just like a ton of fun, silly things that like highlight the number one that can be fun over time. So uh, separate from all of the, you know, feel good, aspirational, you know, Knoxville's number one, you know, unity stuff. It's also just lends itself to a lot of fun that's going to be fun to tap into over the next, you know, 25, 30 years. What do you see in Knoxville that makes it a great soccer, soccer town? Maybe right now, what could make it a great soccer town, you know, for, for people like me or for people who come in here, you know, and, and they're here for four years at UT and they may be gone. What, what, what is your pitch or what, you know, what do you have to say for them? Like, no, 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 we've had, Knoxville's got to be a soccer city. I'll point to three groups of people or demos, if you will, that I think off of any one you could build. And we have all three. And then I'll point to one trend that I think glues it all together. So one is youth soccer. <clears throat> it's a big youth soccer town. Outside of Atlanta, there's, there's, you know, if, if you, they're either, if you're going to out of your community to take your kid to youth soccer stuff, and you're in this greater region and you're not going to Atlanta, it's probably Knoxville in our different clubs that we have here. Uh, so it's a big youth, youth scene. The parents are deeply invested, deeply involved, big soccer fanatics, not just kind of following their kids around because they have to, like they're invested in it from some of the ones that I know personally. So that group right there, I believe are going to be very excited about this. The second group is UT traditional sports fans. Some you might think intuitively that avid supporting of UT football won't translate to other sports, but not from our research. 
from our research, it indicates it absolutely translates. It's more true that we are a sports town than we are a UT sports town. That's what we found. And I'll, I'll say that wasn't my initial uh, intuition going into it, but that's that, that came out loud and clear. So sports fans that UT has generated and cultivated by being such a strong institution, I believe they will be our fans too. And then the third group, the dark horse that I think gets overlooked is all of the non-traditional, non-sports fans, uh, subcultures, whether you're talking about uh, a more urban scene or a more gentrified, you know, the, the, the transplants, people who, um, you know, have not opted into sports traditionally. Soccer has that global, non-traditional alt feel if you're in the Southeast. And so that appeals to you because you're participating in something that isn't basic, if you know what I mean. So I think that crew will show up, show up strong as well. And the trend that overlays all this and adds a multiplier to all of it is a really strong interest and desire to double down on things that are good for our community right now. Like, you know, I, I talked to somebody that said, I literally think soccer is the dumbest sport of all time. I don't get it. I never will. And I will show up and support this team to the hilt <laughs> because they love Knoxville and they're excited about what's happening here and they want to be a part of it and they want, they, they want to contribute to it. So when you add that aspect of almost, you know, foaming at the mouth to push our community forward and see it become greater things than it has been, and those three solid groups of people to build on, I personally, you know, I, I reserve the right to say, you know, oh, I guess it was a rolling start. I think it's going to go off with a bang and, and we're going to see a rather sudden culture shift towards soccer supporting. And, and, and it may appear like it came out of nowhere, but I think it's I think it's a lot stronger. Like if you're in some of the supporter groups for some of the you know European League and stuff like that, you know, you know, it's here. Right. It may be more of a subculture. But it's it's definitely here, and that'll get activated, and I think it'll all come together and quickly form its own identity. We're becoming more and more of a soccer country, right? Like that's where it starts. That's the macro. Like soccer is growing in this country at a rate uh, kind of never seen before, both from a playing perspective and from a viewership perspective. Big part of that is stuff totally out of our, out of our control, like you know EPL and all that sort of stuff. But it's it's filtering into everything. The lower level soccer system in the U.S. is stronger and stronger every year, uh, and that's what we're plugging into. I mean, specific to Knoxville, it has an incredibly strong youth soccer system. There's there's five state championships awarded every year in Tennessee, uh, and the boys, two of the five were, were Knoxville teams, Webb and, and Austin East this year. Uh, there's high quality soccer here, and that's you know those aren't just kids who play and then forget about it. They they're supporting an EPL side, they're supporting an MLS side. You know they're going to Nashville. We had six kids this year move from Knoxville to Nashville to play for Nashville SC's academy. Like this is, this is as much a soccer town as any other place. Separate from that, there's the question of size and scale, right? Knoxville's growing in a way it hasn't grown in, in the past. There's no reason at its core that Knoxville can't be as effective or, or as meaningful a soccer town as any other city in America. The, the sense that, that Knoxville's missing something that would disallow it for being a soccer town, uh, I don't know what that is. And I, you know, I, haven't, I haven't seen that over the past you know, year of having conversations with folks in Knoxville about soccer. Uh, I think it does take somebody to, you know, like you said, invest and do the work to stand something up. Um, but one of the reasons we're really confident in what we're doing is because we expect that there's going to be an audience there 
uh, that's hungry for this, like yourself. And we've seen that already through survey responses and, and community growth and all that sort of stuff. We've certainly seen passion through this process as well. So, um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's anything about Knoxville that disqualifies it. And there's plenty of things that qualify it as a strong soccer town. Come join us and, and commit to building a soccer town, right? That's the great thing about soccer in America is like the future of soccer in America is literally in our hands. Anybody who wants to be impactful in soccer in America can be impactful. That's like the, that's kind of the, the infantile stage that the sport's at at this moment. And that's changing quick. 2026 is going to change that. So, so we're all on, on, on kind of the cusp of something that's growing in a really effective way and, and, and getting people like yourself and Patty to, to jump in and start building Knoxville as a soccer town uh, along with us is, is huge. And that's part of the solution, right, is, is getting people like yourselves uh, to get off the sidelines and, 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 and get into the operation of, of, of building this into the city that you want it to be. That was a lot of fun uh, talking with Mark and Drew. And finally, they pull back, you know, uh, the curtain to kind of the inner workings of the club um, and how we got to one Knoxville SC boarding club. Praying and hoping it is um, lady soccer or uh, female soccer. I know I'm keeping my fingers crossed for uh, a women's soccer team. You know, I'm going to plug it every chance I get. My daughter's going to need to play professional somewhere at some point. So, you know, we got USLW League, Super League. I don't know, guys. I'm just, if you're listening out there, uh, let's get a women's soccer team as part of this one Knoxville soccer club umbrella. And who, who knows? Uh, as Patty said, it's a sporting club. We could see uh, a Quidditch team eventually yeah, join the ranks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pickleball is big. Pickleball. Very popular. Very popular. Very popular. Pickleball. You know, there's there's all kinds of things you can do. Uh, I watched a documentary about speed cubing the other day. I don't know <laughs> if there's professional Rubik's Cube teams. We might see that as well. My reservations about the name one Knoxville. I think anybody who's talked to me uh, since the club was announced has heard it. Um, but after talking with Drew and Mark and really learning about the emphasis they're putting on community, this idea that there is only one Knoxville, which you've seen on on their marketing materials, you've seen it on on their uh, scarf. You know they really believe there, there's only one Knoxville. Hashtag T double O K. Took it took took took. So um, it, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Uh, we missed out on the Hellbenders. You mm-hmm. know um, I'm sad about that one. Uh, yeah, uh, we we also missed out on on the Rovers, which. I'm not upset about, uh, you know, <laughs> rumors were guys, man. Uh, but, but, but these guys are serious and that's what impressed me. You know, they brought in Matt Wolf, who is the guy who designed the France 2018 world cup uniform. Uh, you know, France, France, they won the men's world cup that year. You know, he's designing logos for NWSL teams. He just did the San Diego wave who signed Alex Morgan. He's done, you know, Chicago fire, um, New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC. He's done LA football club. Like this guy's a big name in, in the game. And they brought him in to do this logo. I mean, these guys are really serious about about bringing as much professional professionalism as they can to this club. When our logo is put up against other logos in a lead, it it stands out, and it really does. Um, and even even the name. Talking with another soccer buddy of mine, him saying, "Hey, we were going to be there regardless. Brian and I were going to be there regardless. This soccer buddy and I were going to be there regardless. Whatever they named it, you know, it could have been anything, but." When I show people this crest, they get pumped. When I show non-soccer fans this crest, they get pumped. They're like, oh yeah, that's, that's Knoxville. It, 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 that's what people say. That is Knoxville. And so I'm like, okay, cool. This is, this is who we are. You know, I'm rocking it. I got the hat on. We're doing this thing. 
Uh, it's going to be awesome. And when we recorded this, this was the only thing we can talk about. It was just this. So, of course, Brian and I, we pulled it apart. We dissected it. We, you know, we made sure get everything out of this. But like they said in the interview, once there's a couple wins under the belt, it's it's going to be, it's it's the name. It's the name. It is one Knoxville SC. Yeah, when you have so little uh, to to criticize, it's easy to flash a magnifying glass on those things. I, I'm culpable, right? Because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so eager to see this team run out onto the field wherever they're playing come May. Um, you know, kick off the Smoky Mountain series against Asheville City. Um, so, so the the one Knoxville name w- was a big deal at first. But like Patty said, we're we're all here. We're here to support this club. I have a friend as far as Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, who when he found out about this was so excited, he ordered gear. I don't know if that's the only order they've shipped out to Dominican Republic, but for a team that hasn't kicked the ball yet, I mean, that's pretty impressive. And there's. There's people in town who are not soccer people. They're not like us lunatics here or who are going to criticize every single aspect of this club and this team and this coach. People who just want to wear cool jerseys, who who want to put that magnet on their car. I saw a magnet on the car the other day at McKay's. I was in the fly fishing shop, saw a guy walk in with a with a one Knoxville ball cap. Like They are here to represent this club, club colors, and, and these colors like, they're beautiful. They're, oh, they're so They're gorgeous. Beautiful. You know, they're really gorgeous. Uh, we could have been stuck with like green mm-hmm. or black or red. Like the word, <laughs> like, for no reason whatsoever, there's no background to this. Right. Red is probably the worst color I've, <laughs> I've ever seen on any football team's uniform ever. Um, you know, but we're not. We got yeah. the blue and the orange and the yellow and, yeah. and it's beautiful. Oh, and that beautiful orange, orange O, orange sun sphere, orange uh, soccer ball. Yeah, it's great. All right, in the next episode, Brian sits down with the gaffer himself, Mark McKeever, and he literally lets us in on everything, minus his formation. Yes, he would not reveal his formation, no matter how hard I tried. But we had a pleasant conversation. You will enjoy his beautiful, luscious Scottish accent. This is the the world's game. You know, this is the beautiful game of soccer that he grew up playing and... we grew up playing and our kids are going to grow up playing. It it just shows that, that that one Knoxville is serious that, hey, we're going up, man. We're going up. Yep. So tune in next episode to catch that interview with Mark McKeever. All right. Until next time, guys, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Keep looking out for our content. We are your Knox Soccer Podcasters. Podcasters.